Retro Hangover supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We'd especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Stunt Still Smash the Milkman, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Mast Keaton, Andrew Laguori, Ozzy Garcia, The Retro Vixen, Adam from The Good, The Bad, and The Backlog, Thunderdome Gaming Society, Keith Gasper, Disky Mera, Dave Jackson, Eric Guess, Rick Firestone, and Kayla Jackson. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Open your ears and crack some beers. You are listening to the latest episode of Retro Hangover. Welcome to the podcast where we notice nightly nightmares knocking noble knights nocturnal nature. This is Retro Hangover. I am your co-host, Chris Copeland, with Nintendo's LP Tiger, and as always, your host, Shane. Looping Dick Dream Dragon! Koski. Oh, I like I like the vibrato there. It's very nice. I was gonna say, if I'm a looping dick dragon, does that make me like like an Ouroboros? Am I am I a Dickoboros, a Cockoboros, if you will? You can just tie it in knot. That's all that means. Ah, something something shoulder. Got it. Mm-hmm. It's not infinite <laughs> pretzel dick. <laughs> what are you about to say there, Tiger? I said it doesn't like infinitely keep. Going in circles. That's what I'm saying. Only if you have a yellow ribbon. And that's not P. I don't know what that means. I do. It just means you hit L and R when you're on the ground a lot. But not at the same time. No. <laughs> not at the same time. <laughs> no. Uh, because we're talking about knights and we're happy to have Tiger here. Hello. This is our game du jour, uh, Knights into Dreams, for the Praise Sega Saturn. All of you people who love the Saturn and that are part of our community because other communities won't praise Saturn like we do. We know. We know. We love the Saturn here. Some of us, at least. We are ready to talk about some nights. I guess let's just just roll into what we normally do here as we are want to do. And because we've all kind of been there. What have we been playing? So, Tiger, it's been a while since you've been on the show. What have you been playing, my my, my brother? Crap. Uh, I forgot this keeps happening to me so let's see <laughs> uh this was a totally unexpected question that yeah. never happens <laughs> you never do this on the show <laughs> blindsided let me tell you so i guess i well the most recent thing i've played was uh, splatoon 3 they had their recent big run event which if you don't know what big run is you probably need to know what splatoon 3 is but <laughs> splatoon 3 has a mode called salmon run and Salmon Run is kind of like a, a co-op mode where you try to survive uh, as hordes of fish enemies uh, try to attack you from the seas and beyond. The way it usually works, it's random weapons uh, with, with uh, four people. And uh, there's three waves. 
every wave your your weapon is switched. And usually you are set to certain stages. So they, th- those stages are known as the Salmon Run stages. But Big Run is like a special weekend long event. It's kind of similar to Splatfest, except it's focused on Salmon Run. And they put you in a stage like a normal Splatoon 3 stage that you usually battle on. They say that that uh, stage has been, you know, somehow swarmed by these uh, Salmon Run fish enemy characters and basically battling to see who gets the highest score. And you get the highest score out of all the people during the weekend. You get like gold trophy, silver trophy, bronze trophy based on like if you're the top 5% of high scores or the top 20% of high scores, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I did some of that this weekend. That was fun. <laughs> and if you've never heard of Salmon Run or that's that's what it is it's like the thing that people do whenever people get pissed off that they can't like they can't do good in competition or in turf war or in ranked mode so they like you know take a break and hang out in salmon run until you get pissed off there because you just die a lot and then you take fluoxetine like i do (laughs) (laughs) i was about to say that Uh, that sounds like what i would probably end up doing if i was playing splatoon Side note of that, one of our listeners, or at least community members, Soha, is apparently an executive VP. Ooh. My son made me aware of that. And he's like, that's impossible. I'm like, I have no idea what this means. <laughs> yes, yes. That means he has to deal with all that stress that uh, I, I have not gotten there yet. It's very stressful. It's very frustrating. It's not for anyone who prone to throwing controllers and breaking things. <laughs> mm. Oh, I should not play that. That's not my mode then. Right, Definitely not for my sure. mode. And uh, and I touched a little bit on Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and uh, it was it was the the one thing I want to say about that is it's funny how my um, my wife would say she played some other game after playing Scarlet and Violet. It's like oh no no she went back to Splatoon three after Scarlet and Violet. Oh wow! And she said wow did Splatoon three get much smoother? Like, no, <laughs> Scarlet and Violet is just bad. <laughs> I've heard it's a lot of fun, though, as broken as it is. No, it's 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 a great game. Like, it, you know, 3D Pokemon, what everyone wants, except, you know, you know, as as far as it's broken. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's fun enough, fun enough for people to still be hooked to it and still be playing it. And I was never right. too much into the Pokemon thing, but I understand it. So cyberpunk, Scarlet and Violet. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. I wouldn't say it's that bad. <laughs> oh, no. It's fun. Bad. Like Skyrim. Or, you know, the Bethesda games, as, as they say. Oh, okay. As opposed to Broken Bad, like Cyberpunk. Ah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Cyberpunk and breathtaking, Shane, what have you been playing? I have no idea what that means, but I'll take it. <laughs> You're breathtaking. You don't know, You're you don't know what breathtaking. that means? That's what that is. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, okay. I thought <laughs> I took that as you look like Keanu Reeves. I mean, yeah, phew. you're breathtaking. All right. Well, that's, that's high <laughs> praise. I don't know. I can't tell the difference. I always need to like <laughs> check pictures and stuff. Uh, if only I had his money. Uh, but anyway, don't we all? I, I honestly, I haven't been doing a whole lot in the way of games the past couple of weeks. Uh, it's been pretty busy. So I think the biggest thing that I could point out is uh, a buddy of mine bought me a copy of Phasmophobia on Steam, and I've played that with uh, a couple of my friends a few times. And uh, that's that's been a lot of fun. So if you don't know what that is, it's a co-op ghost hunting game, basically, where you play as a as a ghost hunter team 
and you go on missions to different locations like people's houses or like barns or like you eventually work your way up to, you know, like an abandoned insane asylum and creepy shit like that. And you are investigating uh, paranormal activity with all of the usual stuff like, you know, EMF detectors and all that all that fun gadgetry. Of course, the, the twist with this game is that all the ghosts are actually real and want to fucking kill you. So there's that. Oh, Fatal Frame. Kind of. Yeah, actually, it's it's a little bit like that. You have like a set amount of time to get into the location and scout it out and use your tools to figure out like where you think the, the hot spot is in the house for for the ghost to appear. And then you set up your gear and everything and you have a van outside that you can go back to and like check your cameras on like flat screen TVs and all that fun stuff. And then eventually um, you have sanity meters and like if your team's like average sanity goes down too far, then the ghost basically takes that opportunity to start hunting you. And that's when you can have team members just straight up get killed. But up until that point, it's not fatal. It's just scary. Just framey. And it also has um, in-game voice chat and you have two different channels. You have local and then you have like your radios. And it actually matters which one you use, which is pretty cool. If you use your radio to talk to each other, you can hear each other from anywhere in the house, of course. Local is literally like you can only hear them if they're standing next to you kind of a deal, just as if you were really there. Uh, The biggest difference with that, though, is that if you're using local, that would actually tend to get the ghost's attention where talking over the radio has a far less chance of that happening. Um, So there's actually some strategy as far as like, how you talk to your teammates it's pretty cool been doing a few rounds of that but i think that's that's really it for me lately i don't know what about you chris what what have you been doing you're we're getting close to the end of the year so you gotta you gotta wrap up your 2022 completion list i know not a lot of progress lately i started east seven and i'm i'm enjoying it for the most part but bosses are damaged sponges Mm. and I don't think they really irritate me. And I like looking at a tiny screen. This game was really made for a TV. I could tell, but I mean, it was made for the PSP, obviously. So I can't say it was, but I'm still having a good time with it. It's it's better than Salsetta. Memories of Salsetta. I will say that. Also, like just it's just been a crazy couple weeks. Uh, The Sega CD that I had broke. It's mostly my fault because I thought that because the Sega Genesis Model 1 power supply works with the TurboGrafx-16, that the TurboGrafx-16 power supply would work with the Model 2 Sega CD, which uses the Sega Genesis Model 1 power supply. Mm. Uh, It doesn't. So if any of you out there are thinking that that rumor is true, it is not. Uh, Fortunately, thanks to our patrons, uh, I was able to get a replacement Sega CD so I could play the game for next episode and on on original hardware and get everything not like not using a ISO and not playing on uh, an emulator and everything like that. And I think that's greatly enhancing that experience. And I can't wait to talk about that game, which is Lunar. I'm looking forward to that episode. Also, I just want to thank everyone in the community because last night, as of this recording more accurately this morning, uh, my dog died Uh, unexpectedly. It wasn't planned. It just shit happened right and uh, all the outreach that i've gotten from all of you in the community has been been great so thank you everyone in, in the discord community that that said something there everyone on instagram everyone everyone on instagram everyone who sent me a a, a private message uh, thank all of you uh, and just saying you know making yourselves available to 
to uh, just a really bad day <laughs> today. I'm sorry to hear about that, man. I did not know. That's all right. It's all right. Yeah. But uh, thanks. Thank all of you. It really meant a lot. And if it wasn't for all of you, I don't know if it'd be in, in the right mental space in order to do this episode today. So our community is great. We have the best community out there. And once again, I don't think I could say it enough, but thank you. That's all I got. All right. Well, uh, I guess we should probably go on with this thing and, and talk about the game we're here to talk about, which, as we said, is Nights Into Dreams, dot, dot, dot. Also, yes, Christmas Nights. We'll get into that <laughs> probably in a little bit. So because it's Christmas. Same game. That's right. I, I like, by the way, how this year we've just decided on two games for December that are like sort of tangentially Christmas related. Like, I feel like we're kind of stretching that one a little bit. This is a little bit more than than the last one, I think, technically. But uh, we wanted to play good games, Shane. Yeah, well, did we? Okay. Um, I guess we'll find out. I- <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So on that note, Chris, what, why don't you? Uh, hey, what? Yeah. Hi. Why don't you tell the people about about nights into dreams? Dot dot dot. Sometime in 1992, while developing Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Sonic Team had a dream. A dream where you could fly around as an androgynous angel clown. A dream about dreams. But that dream would have to be shelved, as more important things needed to be done first. Namely, Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Sonic and Knuckles. Or really, all at once, depending on your version of that history. But in 1994, after the completion of Sonic and Knuckles, Sega thought they didn't need a Sonic game for their upcoming Saturn and allowed their famed Sonic team to create something different instead. this dream that had begun two years earlier. This game, of course, would become Nights into Dreams, dot dot dot. Bonus game, take a shot every time you say dream. This was actually something that the developers at Sonic Team had been looking forward to. Being a bit burnt out on the blue blur, their creative juices had longed to get away from the flagship series and come up with something new. Yuji Naka would fill the familiar role of lead programmer, with Naoto Oshima heading up the director role. The initial concept was to make a slow-paced 2D side-scrolling flying game. As development continued, the game, unsurprisingly, found itself eschewing the more lethargic ideas in exchange for faster gameplay. Additionally, the game would shift from 2D to 3D, even though most of the development team, specifically Naka, were hesitant to do so citing that 2D sprites would always be more expressive and look better than 3D models of the time. Development would take a full two years, with much of that time being due to learning the Saturn's difficult hardware, as well as how to best use the increased space of a CD-ROM. The game also had to change control schemes, as early testers noted how difficult it was to control when in a fully 3D environment. To make the game more playable, Naka changed the game to take place on a 2D track in a 3D world. Even with that, playtesters expressed frustrations of controlling the avatar with the standard Saturn pad. 
As a fix, Sega would develop a new controller with an analog control option to better maneuver around the stages. To design the game's world, lead designer Takashi Iizuka would draw inspiration from traditional Japanese anime, as well as Cirque du Soleil. The team also researched REM or REM sleep and the works of Carl Jung, Sigmund Freud, and Friedrich Kolsch in order to deepen the game's core concepts, story elements, and environments. Nights into Dreams would see release in Japan on July 5th, 1996, with North America seeing release on August 20th. Europe would see it shortly after that on October 7th. The game would come bundled with Sega's new 3D pad, the controller made for Knights that included an analog pad for improved control. Sega would also do its best to push the game with a marketing blitz, putting down over 10 million into its advertising budget. While not a massive commercial success, Knights would still manage to be a moderate hit in Japan and sell nearly 400,000 copies by the end of the year. The North American numbers weren't nearly as good, seeing as the Saturn like never really fully came to life in the region, unfortunately, but was still reported to have sold well at the retailers that had carried it. Critically, the game fared well, with most reviewers praising its graphical and audio presentation. While many reviewers found the game to be fun, there was a general consensus that it was disappointing when compared to the likes of Super Mario 64. Those who complained about that, pointing to the fact that it wasn't really fully 3D and was far more limited. In the night. In December of 1996, a standalone expansion of sorts was released with Christmas Nights, which is why we're doing this episode, which, of course, was a shorter Christmas-themed version of the game. Environments of Christmas Nights would also change depending on the time and date of the Saturn's internal clock, with even more Christmas iconography if the game was played in December. This version was included as a bonus with other games, such as Daytona USA Championship Circuit Edition, or came free with the gaming magazines Sega Saturn Magazine and Next Generation Magazine. With Sega dying a slow and painful death, the Knights franchise lay mostly dormant for over a decade. A sequel was planned originally for the Saturn and being shifted over to the Dreamcast in 2000 under the title Air Knights but was ultimately cancelled around the time the Dreamcast announced its discontinuation. A sequel, Knight's Journey of Dreams, would see release for the Nintendo Wii in December of 2007. However, since the series has not seen any new entries outside of multiple ports to the PS2, PS3, 360, and PC. Despite this, the character Knight's has made appearances in many of Sega's first-party games, a slight indicator that Sega has not completely put the franchise to bed. And that is your brief history of Nights into Dreams. Dot, dot, dot. All right. Thank you very much, Chris, for that brief history of this acid trip of a game. <laughs> I think we're going to have a, an interesting conversation. So I guess we could just kind of roll right into our personal experiences. And since we have our most esteemed Nintendo host here, I suppose we should... Uh, have him go first. So, 
Tiger, uh, tell us a little bit about your experience with Knights. Yeah, so this game was not on Nintendo. Boo. Uh, (laughs) He's like, that's it. It Right. It was eventually. (laughs) It. it, Well, we'll talk about that later, maybe. (laughs) But this game, obviously, I did not own this game at all. I didn't know this game existed when it came out. It, It was part of the Sega part, you know, Sega Saturn. Uh, I don't know anything about Saturn, but apparently has rings or something. But anywho, <laughs> my sister, let's see if I had to guess, uh, when was the game release? Anyone? 96. 96. So, okay. So I would have been 13 years old. My sister was dating this dude. Uh, his name is Charles. They are currently mm. married right now. <laughs> so I, I guess That's it ended awesome, up working actually. out for them. Yeah. Did. But anywho, this is the first time I've ever been over this guy's house and they were just dating at the time. And, you know, he was living with his mom and he had a Sega Saturn. Makes him a winner automatically. Absolutely. Like he was into games. I was into games and like we were good. Like we wanted to hang out without her, you know, (laughs) but she wasn't even (laughs) sure about the relationship. But as soon as she saw that Saturn, she was like, he's the one. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It has rings. It'll keep him busy. You talk about (laughs) him as in me. He had air guys. I remember he uh, we played Tobol number one. I can't No, These are like PlayStation games, but also. Yeah. Uh, right. But he also had a Saturn and he had knights. And I remember him showing me how to play the game. And I was very much attracted to what I was seeing. Mainly one of the things that like I latch onto in memory was like he was pushing the buttons and knights was like flipping around. And I thought that was so cool. You know, I wanted to get my first try at it. They gave me the controller. And I just played and played and played. And I I absolutely loved that game. I did not get my own Saturn, though. So the only time I could play this game was at his house (laughs) or if I had some other way, like in a store or somewhere to play nights. I just remember uh, falling in love with the gameplay style because it's, it's no game that you can you can't compare the game to anything. It's kind of like it's a first of its kind. It, flying around uh, on like a track just collecting random shit i i just thought it was really neat and i don't remember where i beat it or or how far i got that day the main thing that stood out to me was the music and the like I, i've you've heard me on other episodes like music 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 it, it really latches on to me so that game made a very strong impression on me i guess as a 13 year old child even though I couldn't finish the game or or fully experience the game uh, because I never had a Saturn. Like I was able to eventually own the game later on when it came out to PS3, Xbox 360. So, yeah, I had a very, very strong memory of my first experience playing this game. That's awesome. Right. Shane, do you have anything? Wow. It's really presumptuous, Chris. (laughs) I think I could be presumptuous when it comes to anything on the Sega Saturn. Well, as it turns out. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I feel like I don't know why I, 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 I have this weird half a memory of attempting to play this game at some point. Either that or like I maybe I just watched Chris play it or something. I honestly don't remember. I never played in front of you, but I know that this is not the first time I've experienced nights, but that previous experience was like very brief. 
and also I hadn't read anything about it beforehand, so it was also much like the German language, frightening and confusing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That that's kind of my experience with it. It went better this time, if that counts for anything. You really have to like understand what you're getting yourself into. I'll say that. I didn't understand a damn thing, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no. <laughs> but again, I was 13 and I did not care. I just liked flying around <laughs> collecting these thingies and there's so much color and what are these enemies and these balls? Collecting balls. Like Lots balls. of balls. Yeah. <laughs> balls are important. Right. I actually had this game at launch. Wow. Or, or launch-ish. Not at launch, but like around that time. If you believe it or not, there's a story about getting three consoles at Christmas that I've heard. And <laughs> this was part of that three console Christmas. Wow. It, we got the version of Knights with the 3D control pad. And I didn't know what to make of the 3D control pad. I thought it was kind of weird. I didn't like it. And I also didn't know what to make of Knights. I just like when we said in the brief <laughs> history that there was this marketing blitz. That marketing blitz was real. So when you saw Knights, like even if you didn't really know what it was, you had a kind of a tangential idea of what it might be, because there was these commercials where you see the face come in and have a little jester shit going on. And you had a if you were gaming and like knew what a Saturn was, you, you kind of had an idea what what Knights was going to be uh, but of course i had my nintendo 64 and super mario 64 and why would you play knights if you had that when you're 10 years old right <laughs> that's or 11 yeah that that was kind of my experience with it then but like over the years i kept trying to play it over and over and over again because a lot of saturn fanboys uh, myself excluded this is one of the things as as someone who's a big saturn fan found myself not doing just but people would say if you're going to play the Saturn, you have to play Knights. Mm. I was like, why? <laughs> I, I didn't understand it. And it, it took a long time for me to really understand how to play the game. And I, I think that's going, that's kind of foreshadowing where I'm going to end on this episode. I know getting out of the way here early, kind of, but, just, but stay tuned because we have a lot to say. Yeah. Like, it, it took a real long time to be like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. Now it makes sense because the game is is cryptic as fuck as to exactly what you're supposed to do. Like, uh, I'll get that into gameplay. But yeah, that's my experience. I finally figured out what to do with it, like in my mid 20s, I think. <laughs> that's when I started making some progress. And I can understand why there's an attachment to it. And I look back at it. I look at it fondly. I like the fact that the controller looks like a Dreamcast controller. Now, in terms of like Christmas nights, I didn't even know that game existed. Until I started collecting for the Saturn, I thought like it was like a demo disc and it kind of was. Yeah, I didn't even know how you would get your hands on it. I didn't know exactly what it was for the longest time. So I'm happy we're we're going to be kind of touching on it in this episode just to keep this, you know, Christmas theme. Ho, ho, ho. But that took me by surprise that Sega did that campaign. I actually think it's rather brilliant. If anyone actually cared about the Saturn in the United States, that would have been that would have been a really brilliant move. But that's all I got. And I guess we're going to go into the. You know, plot and writing here, which I guess is super serious and super critical because they looked up Carl Jung, you guys. They, they <laughs> looked him up, did studies on REM and everything. So this should be like Xeno Gears. So, Shane, did you feel like you're playing Xeno Gears the past two weeks? Man, you know, if I had played Xeno Gears, I could totally tell you that. <laughs> 
don't. But I'm going to assume that the answer you're looking for is no, because, uh, you know, we, when you read the brief history, you're like, yeah, they referenced all this very important psychological stuff. I'm like, really? Wow. Okay. They do. <laughs> I must have missed something, which I, you know what? That's the tagline for this whole episode for me is like, I'm pretty sure I missed something here. But yeah, I mean, it sure is. It sure is dreamy. I'll say that. <laughs> I'm just surprised you didn't open up with. I don't know what the fuck's going on, because I think that would be the best way to describe. So here's the thing. I actually ki- I mean, I kind of do in a weird way. I don't know okay. if. Well, I, I don't know if it was helped by the fact that I played the, the Steam version, which included some like built in information i don't know if that was originally part of the game or not oh you cheated probably in the manual yeah it was probably yeah probably the manual but yeah there, there's like a little informational thing that basically tells you all of it like this is the whole story and they're the, the two kids and the dreams and the nightmarin which they really went fucking all out on the names by the way nightmarin <laughs> wiseman the bad guy uh good good shit like Bland Wonderworld. Yeah. Wonderland. Yeah. Whatever that game's called. We don't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yuji Naka does. Uh, well, Yuji, Yuji Naka is also a fugitive, last I checked. But, <laughs> uh, but anyway. Bring that up. Fly, Yuji Naka. Do some loops. Uh, yeah. Dream your way out of that one, pal. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, is as off the wall as the story is, and it is. It's not necessarily that hard to follow. It's actually, it seems pretty straightforward apart from just like the weird ass parts of it, but it's just like, there's a bad guy and he's in your dreams. It's like, it's like Babby's first Freddy Krueger. That's what I'm going with. You know, (laughs) that's, that's what I think it is. It's just like, he's a bad man in the dreams and we're going to stop him. And that's what Knights is for. And Knights is all like, I, I, I am like Satan. In that I was once one of them, but now I'm not, except in reverse, because I guess I'm good now. And I'm going to help you, but only if you have a certain number of these weird collectible things, so otherwise you can bounce right the fuck off my bubble. Yeah, that's the story, right? It is a bubble. Yeah, that seems right. I think so. I, I It's close. I don't know what's going on story-wise. It sounds like Tiger does, so when we get to him, he can probably school us, but... I mean, like, the cutscenes were pretty cool. Like, they, they kind of gave you yeah. the story. They were weird as fuck, like, with the girl they, doing yeah. her little, like, singing competition, and then all the judges turning into weird demon things. Right. So that's kind of what I was about to gather. It's like, one wants to sing songs, and the other wants to play basketball. So they're sucked into a dream world and they got to turn into this androgynous clown monster. Yes. And then, like you said, collect balls and stuff. And then when you collect the apparently like the the whole entire psychoanalyst thing is there's there's all sorts of themes in here about like your identity and who you are in the dream world and the conscious and the subconscious. And the the big ball thing is called like an idea or something like that. Oh, the idea. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) There's significance to all these things. And I'm just thinking to myself, why? Like, I'm thinking. Of, <laughs> so when I heard that you Suzuki drew drove all over Europe in a Ferrari in order to try and make outrun so he could better experience it. I thought, no, this dude's just fucking around, right? Like he just <laughs> wants to drive a Ferrari around Europe. He's not actually doing it for re- for game research. 
And now I'm looking up like how they researched how they were going to make knights. And I'm like, maybe this dude wasn't fucking around. Maybe this is how the Japanese did it back in the day. These guys go hard. They don't fuck around. He's a he's a method developer. Yes. Yes. They're like, uh, well, who's the Joker? Uh, Heath Ledger, except for game development. That's it's right. just, yeah, we got to do it. Other than that, like this game makes no fucking sense to me. Like there's I'm sure there's themes, but the only cutscene is at the beginning of the game and you have to wait for it to play if you're doing that. And then at the end of the game, and if, if you don't read the manual, you probably have no fucking idea what's going on. That's why I like Christmas Nights. Christmas Nights tells you what's going on in the cutscene, where all the Christmas presents are being taken away, and you got to go find the Christmas presents and, re- and replace the star. Christmas Nights, you get an A plus for clarity. Thank you, Tiger. What a plot! I know. <laughs> well, it's a demo disc. I don't give a shit. It's a fucking demo disc. I have to include it in there because Merry Christmas, ho ho ho, Tiger. Please explain to me or explain. Well, Shane already knows. I'm 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 stupid. Yeah. I, uh, can you please? <laughs> I'm so deep in the night's lore. You guys, you don't yeah. even know. Well, he, he says you were close. So, Tiger, what what's going on with this plot and story? What do you think about it? I, I don't know shit about the lore. <laughs> I think that for me, that was kind of the point. The point was that it didn't make sense. And that was what was so great about it, in my opinion. Oh, okay. Uh, no, let me see. Uh, so I came up with sort of a plot. Girl has a dream of being a great singer. A boy has a great dream of doing a slam dunk. You know, we all have goals we need to strive for. Michael Jordan, right? So, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was around that time. So, right. That, oh, yeah. that, you know, that was like the huge trend that, that men had, you know. Fuck careers, you know, we just want to slam dunk. <laughs> so anywho. Put the ball in the hole. So, you know, so, you know, uh, in the beginning it shows uh, the girl and the boy there. Basically, they want these things and it haunts them in their dreams, obviously, you know. And, and it, the, the nightmare, they have nightmares about, you know, oh no, society and friends and, and getting up on stage and dealing with life. You know, and <laughs> so they're adults. Yeah, right, right. And then, then they go to sleep and, you know, everything that we're playing in the game is what's going on when they're sleeping. And basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to get their balls. They're trying to get their balls back. So when they get in their dream, they're walking, you know, they're just walking around. And all of a sudden, all these little shits take all their balls away. Balls go away. And their balls get they get they get kept in these little, you know, ball areas. Bigger balls. Yeah. <laughs> Ball cages, one might say. <laughs> so you turn, you know, you turn into knights, you know, not not male, no female, you know, just representation. Knights is trying to get the balls back. And if you can, if you collect enough balls, you can get all the balls back. But, you know, you, to get the the ultimate finish is you have to, to battle that that wall that's that that's keeping you from that that goal that you're trying to reach mm. and that's a representation of you know whether it's a big opera lady shaped like a ball yes or more balls or a, a shark that you have to kill with the other fish <laughs> somehow in a tank which yeah, i want no to say all these yeah. all these th- and all these things don't make sense and it's great and that's what's so great about it in my opinion because our dreams don't make sense Sometimes. Right. I think it makes sense because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Do you think Yuji Naka did DMT? What does DMT stand for? I have no idea. I just I know it's supposed to make you trip balls. <laughs> ah. Probably. So in order to in order to make it legitimate, they told you Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud, but all they did was do drugs. Yeah. 
It was Sonic Team. <laughs> Sonic Team just had a bunch of acid and mushrooms and DMT laying around. They said, look, put this in your nose or any orifice that you want to and make a video game. Okay. They're like, yeah. See, here's the thing. <laughs> like, I don't think uh, this is just their MO. Like, when has anything Sonic ever made fucking sense? Like ever, Sonic makes there sense. we go. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, makes sense. maybe okay. Maybe like the maybe the two D games. We'll go with that. I'll you know what? Yeah. I'll give it that. After that, fucking all bets are off, man. Like Sonic, actual canon Sonic lore is fucking like pants on head crazy. Okay, so like, like Sonic comics. I, I don't. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> I I fully expect that this is what would come out of it when they're just like you know what. We don't want to do more Sonic. We should do something really out of the box. You're like, wow, okay. Like, yeah, every get get the psychedelics in here. We're we're gonna trip balls. And I feel like that's what <laughs> and the thing is is like, and maybe we're missing something. And by we, I mean me, but I'm just speaking for all of us. <laughs> but like, maybe I'm missing like real subtle shit or something, though where it's like references to like really important things from like Carl Jung and whatever and blah blah blah. And it's actually really super intelligent. Nah, I don't think that's the case. Oh, no, I think nah. it's, they just threw out some fucking names and they're just trying to be up their own ass about it when really it's just like, yeah, I don't know. We just wanted to make some weird shit. Like, I think that's it. End of story. They just want to fly, man. They just want to fly. <laughs> I just want to fly so high. <laughs> just want to fly. Get high. Get high. Get high. You guys want to get high. <laughs> Anyway, I don't know, man. Like I said, I mean, yeah, it's weird, but it's not convoluted in like a Kingdom Hearts sense. It's actually pretty straightforward. It's just like these kids, they got things they want to do, but did they're scared and they need to overcome oh. their fears. And there you go. That's it. And they're also twins. Yeah. And that. Oh, there you go. That's, yeah, that's, that's super That's the part deep. that I don't, you know. There you, go. You, got, you got some <laughs> weird. What is that? Aquarius? Is that the twins? You got some weird shit going on cosmic that's twin connections yeah gemini you know oh that's so that's okay. what it is gemini i don't know yeah. i don't i don't listen i don't know anything about that basic bitch astrology shit all right i don't know <laughs> wasn't that a psychological study where like if you know twins are separated and then all i know the same is thing? that on the chinese food map i am study? a tiger <laughs> i don't know how that helps Oh boy! Well, it helps you be more fun because I'm a bore. No, wah, wah. Oh, that's awesome. That is what I'm. <laughs> so let's talk about how this game plays. <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> we should drop some acid and see what happens. We'll come up with something creative. See, it just it doesn't matter. It's it's just the fact that. You know, it, it, even though it doesn't make sense, it can make sense because they're talking about nights into dreams. So it's it's all good. It's, it's all, all good. good. It's all good. Gameplay. Gameplay. Right. I guess I'll I'll kick this one off. What the fuck do I even think about it? Like it's. I don't know what. Oh come on! What they were trying come to on. do. What do you mean? Like okay, gameplay, so you baby. think this game? Like you look at the history here, right? And you think this game would be built from the ground up to be a console game. And it is built from the ground up to be a console game, but it's not a console game. This is an arcade game. Yep. This there's no way around this. And I, I I can hear people screaming right now. Well, it's Sega. 
It's Sega. Oh. They make arcade games. No, this is Sonic Team. They just came off Sonic 3 and Knuckles. They know how to make a console game. This is not a console game. So if, if you're not aware of what Knights is, as as Tiger said, you take control of Knights, which is your jester looking character, and you fly around in kind of a cylinder and you collect balls to blow up the orb. And then when you blow up the orb, you can go to another stage and you have to collect more balls and blow up another orb. And then once you're done with the stage, you can complete a level and go to the next level. But you have to get here's the kicker. This is why this is an arcade game and not a console game is because you have to get a certain score and a certain ranking in order to progress to the next level. Hey, Chris. Hey, hey, you know what? Do you want to know why I didn't finish playing this game? Because you suck. Yes. But also for that reason, exact right there, that that is the reason, because I'm just like, I did it. I got through the whole level. I collected all the balls and now Timmy's going to be able to be like Mike. And they're just like, oh, I'm sorry. You didn't get a high enough grade. So uh, get (laughs) fucked and do it again. Like, yeah, yeah, I I did not know that happened. I had no clue. Wow. Humble brag, Tiger. Good, good job. He's just like, I don't know. I've never (laughs) failed before. They've never told me I need to repeat all the stages. (laughs) So I finished this game in like 15 minutes. I don't even know what you're talking about. So this is what I like when I started off to say, like, I didn't know how to play the game, because if you do exactly what Shane says, if you just collect all the balls, you go into your little ball pit and they suck your balls out and then you go turn in all your balls, then you're going to get a low score. So what you have to do is you have to collect as many balls as quickly as possible to turn them into your ball pit as quickly as possible to get a high bonus. And then you need to do the map over and over and over again until you're about to run out of time but don't run out of time because if you run out of time all your all your points will go away you lose all your balls and you lose all your balls and your balls make get you more points and then your points determines your ranking which determines whether or not you can progress and it's just like this entire gameplay loop is just shit if you don't know what you're doing you're going to throw your system or PC or whatever out a window because it doesn't if, if you don't know what to do, you will not be happy. Now, if you do know what to do, that's a different matter entirely. But this game does not do any favors to you telling you what it wants you to do. It just says do the thing and, and fail. Now, now that you're saying all this, aren't there like four stages of REM sleep when we sleep? No, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> We should look into that because maybe that's why there's four stages. What does that have to do with the score, Tiger? Well, you have to, your RAM sleep needs to be uh, good enough so that you can, <laughs> I don't know, mix it up. <laughs> You're giving them way too much credit. I don't know. For this. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I didn't even know. So I'm trying to make sense of it. That's, that's what I do. I like to, I like to analyze shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be like this Carl Jung here. Yeah, right. Friedrich Holch. So the thing with the gameplay though is like, I, okay, for what I played, I actually I didn't hate it. I actually liked it. There's a lot of things that I could say positive about how the game itself just plays like a lot of the contemporaneous reviews of the game really, really praised it for its controls and how smooth it felt and the sensation of flying and like the ability to easily do like the the loops and things like that. And like if you do like a, uh, you know, a roll, then you automatically collect all of the things that were inside of the loop you just made, which is a really cool feature. Everything's very fluid in that way. So I I do like that. 
a lot. And I, I will say that. Yeah. I did notice though that even with an analog stick, it can be really finicky. Yes. And it depends on and it varies. It depends on what like what section of a level you're in. Because one thing that's important to note with this game, right, is that it's in a 3D space, but and this makes a whole lot of sense now because you know we're talking about Sonic Team and how they were like I don't know. I think maybe we should stick with 2D. And now I, I totally understand how this came about because it's like this weird middle ground where it's a 3D game, but the majority of your gameplay is basically on a track where it just feels like a 2D side scroller in a lot of ways. But certain levels, like you'll suddenly change viewpoints. And so you'll go from like seeing knights flying like side to side all of a sudden now you're taking like a, a behind the shoulder third person view and now you're flying into the screen like, you know, I don't know, fucking Afterburner or Star Fox or something. <laughs> and that for me was actually one of the worst parts because I agree that is Those parts are awful. so, so touchy that I was just flailing all over the place that entire time. <laughs> but I liked the idea of it. And the, but the weird thing is, is like. So if you get hit, right, and you and you you lose you you or you you well, it's not even well, yeah, if you get hit, but also if you run out of time, you if you run out of time, you drop out of night's mode and you go back to just being your boring ass twin self. And then you're suddenly able to freely roam the level. You're not restricted to just like the on rails camera that night's is now. Now, suddenly it's a full 3D space that you can explore, which is an interesting like change. But you've also got this weird fucking alarm clock egg timer thing following you around the whole time. And if it catches you in its tractor beam, then I guess the implication there is that it's your alarm clock and you wake up from your dream, I guess. And it's over. I guess that didn't happen to me. But yeah. Yes. You never got knocked out of night's mode. No. Holy shit. Okay. Apparently I do suck at this game. Odd. So You're pretty bad. Yeah, if you if you run out of time, you get knocked out of nights and you go back to your normal person self and then all your little fucking balls that you collected just scatter all over the level and you have to run around and pick them all back up and you have to pick up a certain number of them. I, I guess probably all that you lost before you can go back into nights mode and you have to bring them back eh. to where nights is and also not get caught by this floating alarm clock of death. It's interesting. But that was also the point where I quit. <laughs> I was just like, I, I was just like, all right, you know what? I, I like, I get it. I, I understand what this game's doing now. I don't need to see the rest of it. I'm, I'm good. It's the equivalent of getting hit in Sonic and losing all your rings. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yes. yes. It's exactly that. I, I was, I was going to say something about Sonic, but I'll see if you touch on it after you give your thoughts here, Tiger. Uh, it's great. <laughs> oh shit you get to fly around no okay so the gameplay like the gameplay is the main thing that i well other than the music uh, that i loved about it so there was no game that ever did this and i'm a sucker for this type of game this type of game is a game where you just do shit and it gives you a combo system and that wasn't mentioned by anyone there is a combo system in this game yeah, because it's not important oh it's very important to the gameplay for me because that no, I, at a certain point go let, ahead no well yes i understand so let's let's get there so okay um i'm 
back, especially back then, I loved to like get high scores. So I understood the fact that uh, when whenever you go through a ring or collect a ball or a star, just somehow interact with the things in the level that adds to your combo system. And uh, that's it acts as a uh, what is it like? It starts at if you collect something, it's 100 points. Then if you go to the second combo, it's 200 then 300 and then all the way up to 10. It, it gives you a thousand for like each ring you go through or each thing you collect. And then as you continue the combo, 11, 12, 13, 14, it still gives you a thousand for everything. But it's still fun to build that combo up. <laughs> so uh, you're trying to figure out way. Oh, me. I'm trying to figure out ways to go through rings, collect items and do them in a certain time frame that I'm not losing that combo. So you probably have to be creative in the ways of uh, like moving fast and maneuvering in certain ways in order to keep your combo going. That the loop uh, mechanic that Shane brought up uh, when you loop uh, around something, it grabs everything and it starts to fly towards you. So, uh, you know, you, you collect as you do a circle around something, you start to grab some of the stars Knowing that you're doing a loop, you can continue forward as the stars follow you because you did a loop continuing on the combo. Like, I love that mechanic and I love the, the high score building of this game. That's like the main gameplay mechanic that I love, even though it's just mindless. Some people, you know, some would say it's like repetitive and it's just going around in circles over and over again. But I... It's like a, they call it flow, like where you just get immersed into doing something mm -hmm. like that's kind of how I am when I play nights. It's like when you're speed running something and you, you're trying to focus on doing it like to the best of your ability, like that's what I'm doing when I'm like going through all these rings and collecting all of these items. And then you, you and it repeats. So you're basically trying to repeat that same thing over and over again. And obviously this is after the point where you get the 20 orbs in the beginning and then you go into the, I, I, the, the ball crap. And then you start building up your score after that, uh, before you go back to home base and, you know, you get your A. <laughs> so <laughs> I've never seen an A. <laughs> Some of us get their A, not Shane. Yeah, but in, I do say that the, the parts where it switches from, you know, left to right, to like forward to backward like the whole angle cha angle changes like they have you on a fucking like sled for one part they have you on a roller coaster for one part so it's kind of like similar to like a sonic bonus stage where you're kind of going right. into the screen i guess that's kind of what they were going for and there's one where you're underwater you kind of turn into like a submarine or some some shit They're neat little gimmick stuff i guess it's some way to take you away from doing the same thing over and over again which is <laughs> Which is really all it is. You're either into it or you're not. Um, and I can understand why someone wouldn't be into it. So it's just like it all works perfectly for me. And and also to the point of it being an arcade game. Absolutely. Uh, you know, there's a timer and you have to do everything within a certain time frame. There's not really levels. I mean, you could call each stage you go into levels. But, it, you know, it, it's not you beat the level, then you move on to the next level. Similar to like Sonic or like your side scroller stages. You know, it, it, mm -hmm. it doesn't work that way. But yeah, it, it does feel very arcadey. 
You do things at a certain time frame. You beat the boss. After you beat the boss, all right, insert another coin to play the another level. You know, <laughs> that's kind of how it feels. But I think it kind of fits during that time frame because at the time, I wanted every game to be an arcade game because <laughs> still, that's what I felt like. That's what I wanted console games to be at the time. I don't know. It, it, wow. <laughs> no, that's no, because that's a unique take. I didn't want it to be Mario. Right. It wasn't a Mario game. It wasn't a sites. It wasn't a platformer. It was, yeah. you know, it was sort of like if this was, it, this could have been in an arcade, but we did, we developed this analog controller that no one's ever done before. And, and we made this new experience for you specifically at home on the console. And I thought that was really neat. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, one of the things I did want to bring up is that if you want to know what this game is like, and it makes sense because the people who made it after everything you said, and I'm going to address your little combo system because yes, it is fun. <laughs> everything you said is about is correct, but I, I do want to address like some serious flaws in it. Okay. This is what a Sonic the Hedgehog game would be if you removed all the platforms because it has, it has your speed dash when you hold down a to go faster. Yeah. You are completely not ever totally in control of your character, but at the same time, it's mm. it's like pleasing to control and watch. So, yeah, this is like a Sonic game with no platforms with you going fast all the time. That's what this game is it, with more arcade elements. But in terms of like your loops and going through rings and everything like that. Yes. Yes. That is outstanding. That is a lot of fun, especially when you start to learn how to play the game. Unfortunately, the entire system is pointless until you've already destroyed the orb and you're trying to get bonus points after that. Like if you if you are spending any more than the basic amount of time in order to destroy that orb, you are not doing yourself any favors. It's a mad dash to get every bonus point you can for the first part of each stage. And that's that's kind of the downfall. So like, yes, you can build up your multipliers. There's all these systems to build up your points and do all that. That's great. And it is exhilarating. It's rewarding once you learn how to do all these things. But the thing is, is that there's no reward in doing it until you accomplish the main objective as quickly as possible. That's kind of the, the detractor there. I mean, you don't. What do you mean by you don't have to quickly do it? You can do it whenever you want to, as long as the time is going. I mean, it, right, it but benefits you the most to do it as quick as possible so you can have the yes, highest score, obviously. But you need the high score in order to advance to the next level. Right, right, right. So the order would be get 20 <laughs> as fast as possible. Yes. Go to, the, go to the little ball shit and then rack up your points after that. Yes. And other than the thing that I didn't really catch on was like, you, you need to go back to the home base before it hits zero or else... You know, you end up like Shane. Yes. You lose all your balls. You become ballless. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not saying Shane is ballless, but he became ballless a lot for the <laughs> sake of this episode. <laughs> and your point to that was that, like, again, it, it leads to the crypticness. Like, if you're saying it's a lot of fun, you spend a lot of your time before you get 20. Oh, no. Why would you do that? <laughs> because the game doesn't inherently tell you that that's what you're supposed to do. Oh, right. Right. This is assuming that you know how to play. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> right. So right. if you're going through these stages and you're like, oh, all these loops are cool and you do all the loops and you're having a good time and you're yeah. taking your time, and you're trying to soak in the environment. Right. And all of a sudden it's like you, your score is F. Right. But it's like I was having fun. But I think that's the point <laughs> of like that's, you know, that's life. You didn't dream correctly. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to figure it out. Right. So like that's what we that's all we did when kids like we had to figure games out when there was no manuals or anything. We figured it out. This shouldn't be something you have to figure. That's this eh. is like basic gameplay things. This isn't like I got to find the special item to do the thing. I also got to say like the. 
behind the back camera angles. Those areas weren't too bad. They weren't as fun as playing the regular stages. But the one part that was terrible is whenever the camera wanted to do a top down angle mm-hmm. and have you fly around those little boxes and look for stuff and your your entire field of view is completely obscured and yeah. where your little objective is. Those parts are awful. Like, I think there's only one or two. So there's not a lot of them, but they suck. To be fair, when you go into the thing, the, the thing where you need 20 orbs. Yeah, the big the big orb, the ball buster. It doesn't tell you directly but it gives 20 little circles at the top and it tells you how many you had. So that's supposed to be your hint. That's like your guide. Like, I'm not going to hold your hand. This is your dream. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, no, no, you know. no, 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 no. Yeah, you know you need 20 to destroy it. Right, right, right. But if you get to the end and you're like, why isn't my score high enough? Right. The game doesn't, doesn't tell you why you're getting a D or an E or an F. Right. It's not telling you why that's happening. It's just saying it's true. you suck. It's true. And, yeah. But then you understand, well, why am I getting a high score? Why am I getting a low score? And, you know, it's just, it's just those things that you just uh, make click in your head uh, if you're, I guess, me. To be honest, I don't remember if I like had a manual or if my, uh, my now brother-in-law told me how to play, but... Yeah, I mean, I can understand uh, people being very confused by it, and that would be very off-putting for people that have never played it before. So took me 10 years to figure it out, Tiger. <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> 10 years. To be <sighs> like, oh, this is how I'm supposed to play this. Never too late to start. I, I've, I've noticed. <laughs> I've noticed. But once you do figure it out, I it's think fun. the thing is, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, uh, this is the same issue, and we haven't talked about this game yet actually but i suppose we'll end up getting to it (laughs) this is the main issue that i have with uh something like dead rising by all accounts Mm. i should love that game and i fucking hate it and it's because of the timer mechanic that to me that ruins the game a hundred percent and so it's kind of the same thing here where like chris was mentioning to me I want to be able to go into these levels and just enjoy it. Just be like, you know, to enjoy what they've done to like explore the, the colorful levels to fly around, to do loops, to just have a good time. That's what I was looking for here. And you can't really do that because you're always under the gun to find all the shit and then get it to the place and do the thing before the timer runs out. And to me, that's just not fun. Like, it's another reason why I just have never liked Majora's Mask because I hate the timer thing. And yes, I know you can extend it and blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Like, I just I don't like being under that kind of pressure. Yeah, I just it's not my thing. And so I think if I think if the timing mechanic And the requirement to have a certain score to be able to play the rest of the levels was removed. I think I would have a far more positive opinion of the game, like overall, but I'm not like, I'm not saying it by any stretch that it's a bad game. Like, I think there's a lot to, to praise here and I can see why people were so positive about it when it came out, especially in the context of when it came out. So the gameplay itself with maybe some control quibbles aside is pretty solid and it's fun. Um, I just think for me personally, I just think a couple of those things kind of turn me off from it. Makes sense. 
very briefly, boss battles. Did you did you face more than one boss, Shane? It it felt like it seems like you had a lot of difficulty getting to Ooh. more than one boss. Wow, thank you. I mean, just, <laughs> you know. Uh, well, since you mentioned that, I just, I I play. I had I fought one boss. Okay, which one? The fucking blind one. Yeah, the one with the, the tail gets shorter every time you hit it. Oh, okay. You were Claris's. You went Claris's route. Yes. Okay. The one with the saxophone. Uh, sure. What? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, you just mean the track. Okay. I was like, yeah. I don't remember the boss having a saxophone. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I've, I might. There, there are some issues with that boss fight too because the hitboxes suck ass. But I mean, that's 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 why I wanted to get to is how mm, these boss fights were. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I noticed right away. First of all, the fight wasn't hard at all, but it was I, I took unnecessary damage because I was too eager. Like if you go in yeah. too soon, the hitbox is like not registered properly. And so even if you hit a spot where you should be able to like do damage, you'll still take a hit. So yeah. once I figured that out, it was fine. Yeah. And this is where like the I don't know if me and Tiger are gonna get into because I'm going to try and be really brief into a big discussion about this. I'm hopefully not. The bosses are either really easy or like really cryptic and infuriating, <laughs> but the game still expects you to cheese the shit out of them and beat them as quickly as possible. Yep. And you can for some, you absolutely can, but that's, they're like, get the boss so you can get that multiplier. The quicker you beat the boss, the higher the multiplier, you can get up to 2.0 if, if you don't know. Yep. And that's what it wants you to do. And they can be easily cheesed, but what is it? The guy, the, the guy who throws cards at you and the stupid. Oh, no. Fuck that guy. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the shark boss. Yeah. That you were talking about. You mm -hmm. have to like shoot fish that it makes no sense. And right. I just beat. I had no idea what I did. <laughs> and then uh, Riala or whatever yeah. the name is. Riala. That one's more difficult. That was a fun one, but it's like it's still kind of cryptic in how to actually damage them. Right. But overall, that's what I got. Like. Cheese the shit out of this boss or be infuriated. What do you think about that, Tiger? Yeah, the, the game obviously is made in a way to tell you, hey, here's a boss. We ain't telling you shit. Figure it out. No. <laughs> yeah. And you just use certain context clues. Oh, well, this, that's fine. This, I think this that's mouse fine, yeah. is lit up. I guess I should touch it, you know? <laughs> and then you're right. chasing this cat. Yeah, and one of the things I want to mention about the boss fights is I think they're all super creative, but it's yes. creative in the sense that, you know, you, you might not know what the fuck you're doing because it's not obvious, but that, that's part of the whole dream world and you're dreaming up all this nonsense. Like, what, what, are, what even are these things? What, why is this shark inside a tank with fish around the tank? And why can you zoom from... <laughs> when you grab the fish and then hit the shark in the middle of the tank like that doesn't make any sense but you know what does in this game nothing <laughs> right right yeah it, it it is a little odd and and, and the the whole 2.0 multiplier it does get very fucking frustrating because if once you get to the point where you like want to get it it's still like no matter how good you are it's still frustrating to even like get 100% of the time because you probably won't yeah uh, no. because there's there's a lot of RNG yeah that the bosses don't appear the same way yeah because they if, if they got rid of a lot of that these bosses are super fun I loved fighting these bosses if you got more time to just freely fight them oh they'd be 
they'd be incredible. Right. But if, again, like Shane was saying, they're putting a gun to your head and say, beat them. <laughs> and like you said, the Joker guy, if, he sh- if you get hit by one card, then you're kind of screwed. <laughs> because yeah, you're, he is you're a probably not getting in. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Super frustrating. One last thing. Uh, what the fuck were they thinking? Like every single time you get done with the level, it kicks you back to the title screen. Then that's the whole arcade feel you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. I hate that part. But whatever. We'll see what I think about this at the very end. Uh, do we have anything more to add to the gameplay here, Shane? Because I think we're ready to move on. Uh, no. No, I think we covered it pretty thoroughly. I think we hit it all. Yeah. We beat that with a bludgeon stick. In my dream. <laughs> In my dream. So let's move on to the, the presentation. How do you dream this game looks, Tiger? Presentation. Graphics? Graphics. Yes. Gra- graphics, yes. Graphics! Graphics. Oh, okay. Graphics. <laughs> Okay, so uh, for the time, it was amazing. You know, and that was the time where all the polygons started coming out. You know, 3D games. It was super colorful. I mean, I was hypnotized by it. Now, <laughs> it's not so good. If we're talking like straight Saturn version, it, it doesn't really carry over very well at all. Mm-hmm. I had the pleasure of playing the Steam version. And, you know, that when they HDified it, it, look, it looks great. And, it, and the thing is, like, when I played the HD version, I was like, yeah, this is what I remember. And then you turn on the Sega Saturn version and you're like, it's oh, not what you remember. that is not, no, that is not what I remember at all. The graphics definitely don't hold up, but I want to, I don't really have much to say about it. Honestly, it was, you know, 1996. Everything was very like angled. I do still enjoy the movies. And that was what well, that was the big draw back then. The visuals from the movies, like that was, it was, well, for that time, it was super amazing and obviously still had, you know, work of getting better. But I remember looking at these videos after like completing the ending or whatever and seeing the girl sing on stage and the guy running towards her. Like, I thought all of that was so like wonderfully done, like all almost like, like teary eyed type of moment. But you fast forward uh, 25 years in the future, it's not so great anymore. <laughs> mm. Shane, what did you think? Yeah, for the most part, I think I'd agree. The the levels and and I did go for the record and kind of watch some long play content of this after the fact because I knew I wasn't going to finish it. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, the game looks great. I think the the use of color is fantastic. I think they do hit the that very dream like sort of aesthetic um, for sure. It's a visual treat to look at. Um, I think without a doubt. I, I having also played the Steam version, I did check out the the remaster because you can swap between the two depending on which one you want to play. And uh, yeah, the, I agree there. The remaster looks really great. I stuck with the original because I wanted to to get the experience. Um, so I did that right out the gate. And I will say. It it is it's a, it's an early polygonal game in that way, and not many of them escaped you know, the, the mid nineties without, uh, without, you know, (laughs) being a little worse for wear. The other thing, at least from my perspective, it's kind of hard to do this comparison, especially when we're talking about the cinematics specifically because of that era and where CGI was at, at that point, um, you have this very sort of like almost uncanny Valley kind of thing going on with a lot of the human (laughs) characters. But also it's difficult for me because this was also right around the time where I was starting to get more into PC gaming 
And as the uh, debate was going on recently in our discord about whether or not the first Diablo was released in 1996 or not, it was right around that same time. And as I think most people who are listening to the show anyway are aware of, Blizzard is a lot of things these days, but they have been and for the most part still are the kings of cutscenes. Their their cinematic trailers and stuff are always fucking unmatched. And even back in 96, 97 with Diablo, their their intro cinematics and stuff were just like another levels. It's hard for me to make that comparison because I don't think for the time the cinematics here are by any means bad. Um, in fact, for the time they were quite good. But also I'm kind of measuring to a slightly a slightly different bar, if that makes sense. You're looking at night, you're like, oh, how cute. They tried. <laughs> Kinda, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you're also talking a PC versus a Saturn. True. That's not exactly yeah. fair. Well, I mean, Diablo was Look, released I, on PlayStation for the record, but like two years later in 1999. But like, I have to take a look at that, by the way. I look at uh, what you guys are saying. I actually have to dif- I have to disagree. I think I think this game still looks good. I think there is a movement that I kind of laughed at a while ago. But like for that, that certain aesthetic from the mid 90s and the early polygonal graphical days. And this is this is a game on a system that is not supposed to be able to do 3D. That you're not supposed to see anything graphically pleasing from in a 3D manner. I think it looks fine. I think it looks good, uh, especially for a 1996 game on a system that's not even using triangular polygons, but it's like using this weird square thing. I think Sega, especially in 1996, they, they knocked it out of the park. I think you, you kind of said that, but I still think with this bright and colorful that it is, and the way they did structure the uh, the the character models in terms of how they use their polygons, I think it's it's fine. I think everything here looks good, especially when you're playing it on a CRT TV, and it it all really comes together. And when I'm looking at Knights, this is a game that is still visually pleasing, and there's a lot of I, I do think there is more style over substance overall, but there is so much style and the graphical presentation is all there hello uh does it get everything perfect no there's a lot of flicker in places there's some like there's some sprites that that don't look all in place like the enemies which i don't even know why they have enemies that they they're pointless for the most part but (laughs) there are some models that yes like look really rough but that does provide as was said last year when we had when we had keith on for diehard arcade like there's there's this warm blanket feeling that you get from playing these games. I know like when we just had in our discord and we played November, what is it? A, a short hike. And you can turn on those chonky polygon graphical details mm. that there is, there is an appreciation for that graphical style. And I don't, I don't think it gets much more competent than what nights into dreams does. So if you have appreciation, if you have nostalgia for that certain graphical taste, nights, nights into dreams is is at the top it i think it still holds up if you have now yes if you have nostalgia for it if you have never played like a 1995 1996 game you're probably going to find this pretty offensive 
Uh, and the Saturn did not have a good video processor. So, no, the FMV sequences should not be that good. It was significantly inferior to the PlayStations, which is why you see a lot of games that go over to the PlayStation from the Saturn. Their video quality is, is so much better. But like, you know what? It's weird. I think this game graphically holds up. I think it graphically holds up. I, I like the difference in the Christmas version, by the way, mentioning it because Merry Christmas, uh, <laughs> where you have like different presents and everything like that, where you can change your clock. I think that's really innovative and it's cool. And it shows the clock and the date that it is on your system. So you can make sure that you get the, the, the difference in the graphics from that demo disc they put out there. It's so cool. I agree that it's at the top for sure. Like in comparison to like PlayStation one games and of the time, like there are some bad looking games in my opinion, but this one yeah. definitely looks a lot better. And I think the bright, the brightness of the game really helps uh, to that. Mm-hmm. I think the other part that I did not mention that I would like to mention is it is on a 2d track. It is a 3d game ultimately, because when you're flying around in these stages, you can see everything in the foreground, not only the foreground, but also the background. So yes. as you're flying around, you can see things that you cannot interact with yet. But, you know, maybe on the next uh, wave or the next stage, uh, once you get back to the, the home base, you may head in that direction. And I've always loved seeing that or like turning uh, through uh, some orbs or some rings that you thought you were going to go through but no you're turning this way and i think that adds to the the graphical look of the game which makes it you know a lot better than it it could have been for sure yeah so i mean i think it holds up sorry i don't <laughs> did we disagree i don't i don't feel like we disagreed I, I thought you said like it, it doesn't hold up unless you're playing like a remaster no version. no 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 i, think, I said oh. it doesn't hold up <laughs> But okay. No, I thought the, the that's remaster my looks really good for maybe obvious reasons. Yeah. But no, I, I right. think the original definitely still holds up. I think the only thing okay. that doesn't for me is the cutscenes. Like I think the rest of it ah. looks fine. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. The cuts. Yeah. Yeah. And to Tiger's point, the 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 color and the artistic choices that they went with help it a lot because that's going to assist it in in aging a little more gracefully than something that's trying to go for you know a more realistic take yeah so how about how this game sounds though how's the music how is the overall audio direction it's got jams yeah tiger you you were praising this at the beginning so make your case number Why is this game one an audio tour de force the number one yes it's the old it's the re, it's the main reason why i was sucked into this game because i loved what i was hearing every i i <sighs> I'm trying to think of a stage that I did not like. And I, I just, I feel sad for anyone that didn't make it to soft museum because like that, that is like my like very top night song, like level song, the stage before the last boss. I can't remember the, like the last stage, like that song, the fucking, the boss songs with the jazziness and the fucking, the, the pianos and the saxophones and the, it's, it's just so beautiful, man. So I didn't even know I liked jazz <laughs> at the time. And I think I was just so amazed by the type of music that you that could come from video games. Cause it was probably at the time where you're starting to move from your, your little eight, 16 bit cute game sounds to, Oh, there are real instruments in this bitch. Okay. Yeah. And, and I know like Sonic kind of had that going a little bit, but this was, this was my first experience like for like real instruments in music. And it was, and it's not just, you know, crappy music. It's, it's amazing, like jazzy mm. lounge music that I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. The thing that stood out for me the most 
was the song at the end of the game where the, you know, the two kids were singing to in the night, dream the light. And I don't know if you heard it, but like that, like stood in out for me night, so well. Like I was like, yep. Oh my gosh, this is a real song. There's people singing in it. There's a bridge like, <laughs> and it's a ballad and I'm, and I'm feeling feelings and, <laughs> and they're like ad libbing at the end. Like, Oh shit. Like this is a real, like I, it's like, it took the game from like just some fun thing to like serious game, like at least at the time for me as a kid, because there's no other no other game does that, right? You know, later Sonic and then other Sega games or whatever. Mm. But Symphony of the Night did it later. Oh, like how actual song with vocals? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. But like it's, it's, that is shit, and just it doesn't mix. So yeah, but and then you know, in, as far as sound goes in general, just. Bling 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 bloop bloop bloop. <laughs> like it, it matches the theme very well. Uh, I just obviously just the mute for me. The music just completely stands out. Like Realis stage, uh, the little flying bitch, that boss, like the saxophones in that, <laughs> and like just about every single level had just music that I could just like repeat in my head all the time. The other thing that I wanted to mention and you may not have experienced or may not have known about was after you beat the games or at least get to the endings, I'm not sure when it happens, but somewhere around the second or third playthrough, the songs are not the same. The chord progression, the keys of the songs are the same, but they actually change some of the melodies of the song. So you can go back in thinking you're going to hear the same song again, you're actually hearing different melodies. And I thought that was really cool. I never noticed that. Yeah, I don't even know any games top of my head that do that. I'm actually looking through the sound test and you can't even play the different version of the songs. But I, you know, once I realized when I like, I guess the first time I heard, I was like, this isn't the song I remember. What is this song? (laughs) I don't know. It's just, I have a high appreciation for the music. Uh, in this game mm. and I can't stop talking about it so someone else please talk <laughs> <laughs> I think the music here is really good too I think it's easily an above average soundtrack they're memorable when you hear them you can play I can you can play a song from nights and I'll, I'll immediately remember it I mean I think that's just because we both played it as kids right right it really and there it's catchy and it's the thing is is that it fits the game so well yeah it does a really good job of getting with every single environment it just it's perfect in the way it matches it it's not even atmospheric per se because it's it's more of a melodic tune that can carry its own weight and uh, yeah this is an arcade game in in its in spirit so you expect that from this game so i i'll echo a lot of the things you're saying about the soundtrack i don't think it's as good as you do but i still think it's a really good one (laughs) In terms of sounds, I think like the mixing was a little off because sometimes when people are talking, it gets drowned out by the background music or any sort of other sounds like the the music takes center stage. It doesn't feel like it's really equalized or balanced right. Normally, I don't care about that stuff unless it's really obvious. I think it's really obvious in this game. Other than that, I think overall uh, the sound design is, is really good. Uh, they they make a really good selection on what they do and and the voice acting when they have voice acting isn't total cringe so that's good i didn't care much for the vocalized tracks because a lot of those vocalized tracks from that era when they were originally japanese or they put them in english or you have a bunch of you know japanese writers who english isn't their first language and they just kind of learned english because they stayed at a holiday in the night before they're a little cringe but 
I mean, yeah, when you're a kid and you're getting it from a video game and you're not expecting it, yeah, I can understand why it's super special. But overall, I give the sound a, a, a huge, huge, huge plus. I think it does a lot to carry the game. What about yourself, Shane? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's great. It's definitely um, it's like a time capsule of like early to mid 90s music in a lot of ways. Um, you have pretty much everything from real chill, like Enya infomercial type shit, <laughs> like to something that you might expect out of. Forgot about that. Like, a yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll dredge up that core memory for a second hmm. and then you'll you'll get something that sounds like it's super upbeat and it sounds like you'd be right at home in like a cruising USA game or something right um, but it all it all fits really well and I think they did a great job I also really love uh, the the track dreams dreams because that is straight 90s R&B like you could <laughs> fuck to that song right right <laughs> right <laughs> hundred percent you should try it sometime just play it in the background Shane I remember I was like I could hear this on the radio like (laughs) I want to hear this on the radio (laughs) exactly so no overall I think I think it's great I do actually agree and it's interesting you pointed that out because it's kind of like a semi super specific thing but I did also notice the the mixing thing with the voices kind of being drowned out by a lot of the like the ambience so um so there is that but the the music definitely takes center stage one thing that I wanted to touch on, though, that kind of ties a lot of this together that I was not aware of at all. And I don't I don't know if either of you are Tiger. You actually mentioned this, but I didn't know if you knew the particulars. But are, are you guys aware of the the a life artificial life system that's in this game? No. Nope. OK, so this and this sounds like it doesn't make any sense in terms of music, but I promise it will in a moment. It actually ties gameplay and music together quite nicely, as a matter of fact. Hmm. But there there's an artificial life system in the game known as a life, and it involves the the Nitopians and they actually keep track internally in the game of their moods. And evidently it is possible to have Nitopians mate with one another, creating hybrids known as Superpians. And so the more you play the game, what? No, hear me out. The more you play the game. The more inhabitants in the world appear and the environmental features and aesthetics will slowly change. Wow. And the A life system also evolves the music. So it allows the tempo, the pitch and the melody to alter depending on the state of the Nitopians within a given level. And this all runs on the Sega Saturn's internal clock. That that's blowing my mind right now. That's wild. I do remember like in the options, it showed you all the Nitopians that you could collect. Mm-hmm. But like, I have never taken that seriously. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going <laughs> in collecting all these Nitopians. Well, apparently that is somewhere wow. buried in the game and I had no idea, but that's actually pretty impressive. That's really cool. That's awesome. Right. <sighs> all right. So we're going to move into our final thoughts. But before we do, Tiger has a little bit of a miscellaneous fact here that may not directly connect to this game. Maybe it does. We'll find out. Tiger, what do you have? It's a fact. The fact is that nice a fact. journey of dreams sucks. Like <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad at the fact that, uh, okay, well let, let's rewind. So nights came out and I talked about how I had such a great experience as a kid or whatever. And then nothing. 
like just dead silence. Like, where is Knights 2? Where is the sequel to Knights? Like, just you make the game and then all of a sudden just nothing. Just go back to Sonic. Like, I mean, I guess, you know, the sales didn't do very well, whatever. But they keep throwing in like like uh, Knights cameos and enemy cameos and stuff. So like they still acknowledge that this character exists in their world and they own it. And I just remember seeing magazines. Are they going to make a sequel? Is there going to be a sequel? And and you talked about Air Knights. So I kind of want to say that I've read or heard about Air Knights and just nothing was coming to fruition. So, you know, and all of a sudden they uh, release this preview of a new Knights on the Wii. And what we're talking like 2010, something like that. 2007. Seven. 2007. Wow. OK, so that's like 11 years later from their one and only Knights game ever released. And, you know, I was super excited. I just remember like looking forward to this and no one else would. No one else was looking forward to it because no one cares about knights <laughs> and you know and around me no one cared about knights so i just remember getting the game firing it up and not to mention i i had to prepare in advance too because you have a nunchuck and uh and the wemo and the nunchuck unfortunately has the octagon for the analog stick uh so it doesn't you know it doesn't move as smoothly as in your analog on a saturn so i actually took uh, one of those little drill things where you like kind of shaved it down so it made a complete circle. And <laughs> you took like a I Dremel it, to I, it. Is that what you did? Yes, a Dremel. <laughs> I put a Dremel to it. I opened up my nunchuck and I put a Dremel to it so that I could have the full experience of uh, being able to move knights around as you're supposed to before I even played the game. So, anywho, I just, you know, so I start this game and the first thing I remember is hearing knights talk and i was very pissed off because <laughs> it, <laughs> i i can't remember what accent what type of accent they gave knights but it just it just didn't go as i envisioned and the first time i heard knights talk made me wish that i'd never heard them talk ever because it, it was just a god awful in my opinion, god-awful voice. So they made the Knights game. There, you know, there's some Knights stuff. You fly around. That's nice. Then they made these awful, like, mini-games. So there's, like, they decided that, you know, just Knights being the repetitive levels. That's not enough. We need, we need to have Knights do some uh, other stuff. So they had, like, these weird mini-game things. And they were awful. They were just awful, like, little ways to, to, to change it up, I guess. I just hated everything about the new the the, the sequel. <laughs> I, I I'm trying to remember it, but I, I you know I didn't play it in preparation for this. I just wanted to say how much it sucked, and how much I wish <laughs> that they would have not had would just would not have done it. As much as I looked forward to it, that's how much like I was hyped to play it, and I was just completely let down. And I think that's the last that's the last we've heard of Knights, right? And they they haven't made anything else unless I've I've missed something. No, right. I, I and I think that needs to stay that way. I think it's okay that <laughs> Nights into Dreams will be the only good nights and they don't need to try again. Okay, but what about Nights into Dreams that was released as a Tiger Electronics handheld in 97? What about that? Ooh. 
that sounds like it would be awful. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I did not know LCD about it. Screen. <laughs> well, if you can get your hands on an R zone, apparently there was a port of it released for the R zone. <laughs> oh no, no, no. Oh God. Is that the thing with like the, the eye? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my, I remember that thing. I wanted that thing so badly. <laughs> well, it's a, you dodged a bullet there, both for your vision and your sanity. Yeah, I'm glad I just wanted it and didn't actually have it. <laughs> yeah. But yes, okay, so Knight's Journey of Dream sucks, so take my word. All right, Tiger, thank you for your final thoughts on Knight's Journey of Dreams, but now we're going to be talking about <laughs> our final thoughts on Knight's Into Dreams, dot, dot, dot. Uh, and as is custom, our guest, which is technically Tiger, even though he is our Nintendo's, he's on most of the time. He will get he will get the final word on this. So, Shane, how about you let us know whether or not you think this game holds up today? Ah, man, uh, that's a tough <laughs> call. I don't want to outright say no, because I think, like we said, I, I think the gameplay itself is actually pretty solid. I, I suppose if you're into the the mechanics that the game is presenting in in regards to like the the timer and the more arcadey stuff with like trying to get the high scores and if you're okay with that like if that's your jam then yeah sure like whether you're playing the original saturn game or if you're playing the hd remaster it you know doesn't really matter i think it looks great either way as we kind of mentioned and there isn't, as far as I'm aware, enough appreciable gameplay differences for it to matter. I think it's really just a reskin as far as the remaster goes anyway. So I'm going to say like a, a hesitant yes. Like I, it's a yes mm. with like caveats. Like I, I, I think in, in terms of like the pantheon of early polygonal games, you could definitely do way worse. It just wasn't my personal cup of tea. But like I said, if you're into the arcadey style like that, then I, I think it's worth checking out. Yeah, for sure. So I this is going to be difficult for me, too, because I had fun with it. I did enjoy it. I like the graphical style. and I like the music. But like if I had to recommend this to somebody who had never played this game before, what would I tell them? And it was like, no, don't play this game. I think it's too cryptic in what it wants you to do or too obscure in how you're supposed to do the things you're supposed to do in order to move on to the next level. Like in your case, Shane, like you're just playing this casually and and you couldn't make it out of the next stage because you couldn't figure out what the game is supposed to make you do. And this mm. is supposed to be a game looking at some of the historical notes that Sonic Team wanted to make for 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 babies. And it's not that's not this game. It's it's just too complicated in the specifics that if you don't know what you're doing, you're not going to have a fun time with it. And I don't think a lot of people are going to put in the time to figure out what they're supposed to do, even if it's somewhat fun. They're not going to figure out how to make it past the first or second stage. They're just going to drop it. And I think it's completely justified. Now, I, I can have fun with it because I know what I'm supposed to do and I know how I'm supposed to play the game. But for your average person, absolutely not. I think that's kind of what it comes down to when the game holds up is can I give this game to somebody, not tell them how to play it, and they can play it and enjoy it? And the, I think the answer to that is just no. Shit, now you're making me rethink my answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's I hate to say it because I do have fun with this game. I do like this game, but I don't think it's held up. So uh, do, you, do you want to change your answer, Shane, before I 
give it over to Tiger here? You know what? I don't know if I changed the answer. I think I might just add to the growing list of caveats. Let's just say that. Like, because I, I, <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think you're right that, and I didn't even think about that part, that you, part, part of the requirement of having fun with this game, uh, aside from being into the, the arcade aspects of it, is having that understanding of what the game expects you to do because because you're right like going in and just doing the thing collecting the stuff and like finishing the level one would expect without any context that that's all you should have to do and it's not that is a pretty big barrier so you're you're right like that is ultimately that's the reason that i didn't finish the game and dropped it was because i was just like i just don't care enough to <laughs> to go back and do that so I'm still going to say yes, but it's like it's real fucking tenuous. Let's let's put it that way. All right, Tiger. We all know you love this game. Has it held up? No. Has it stood the test? It has oh, not wow. held up. No. <laughs> and it's, it's it's listen, it's fine. I'm locked in a world of my own nostalgia. Like that's where I'm at. Anytime I play that game, I, I, I zoom back to when I was 13 years old playing in 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 my now brother in law's house uh, when I was younger. And like it was like all I cared about in the world. And it was a beautiful time and I can experience that anytime I want to. But as you all have said, like it, it's not something that I can just say, Hey, you know what game would be great? (laughs) You would absolutely love this game because I love it. (laughs) Nights into dreams. Like I would never say that to anyone. So the game at the time for the time, it was a brand new concept. It was like super, it, it, it felt, kind of liberating like it felt free because of the fact that you could control this character using an analog stick which no other controller had at the time i don't know if i'm wrong please tell me if i'm wrong but like it was a brand new (laughs) it was a brand new thing at the time like i never touched the analog controller before that that was the first time i ever touched analog and i like it just had this freedom uh and that was that's probably part of the experience too Like I wasn't just locked down to, you know, up, down, left, right. Now I had twists and turns and no other game had that at the time. So I think that had it going for the game during that time. And I can take that from 1996, still bring it into now and say, yeah, that that was that moment that I that I lived. But yeah, this game is like super simplistic now. You can't really have anyone jump into it having like played anything else that already kind of does that except maybe not on the track but now they can do it in you know a 3d world or whatever there's just so many other games that you can play that ultimately is better experience wise you know i'm thinking of like platforms of the time like you 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 start off with a, a weapon and then you build up to another weapon and you build up to being able to double jump and you know there's like this different type of game but this this game is what it is like that's it that what is in it is it's there <laughs> and there's not too many games like that that really hold up I mean, pac-man holds up why is that <laughs> why why can we chomp on some pellets and then eat a ghost why does that hold up because it's Versus intuitive something like knights <laughs> that's why because it's simple and you know what to do because almost anybody can pick up pac-man and instantly know what they need to do 
Right. And then that's that's part of the problem with knights. Definitely. So like that is the problem with knights. And, and it wasn't a problem, I think, in early gaming when people like when most of us were kids and all we had to do was just sit there and play the game that we had all day. You know, now when we interact with a game, we kind of want to at least have some idea of what we're doing. And this game definitely doesn't do that. So I want to just say, listen to the music. (laughs) (laughs) If you're anything like me, just listen to the music. If you like, if you like what you're hearing, then maybe that can get you to at least give it a try. (laughs) Because that sadly it yeah i don't believe it holds up and i wouldn't recommend this game to anyone but it holds a dear place to my heart well shit all right my answer is no then fuck it (laughs) (laughs) i was like trying to be nice and holding on to this real tenuous yes but i'm just you know what no nah (laughs) just no no i mean it is what it is man like it's whatever (laughs) yep yeah. Oh, oh yeah, and Christmas nights, that song sucks ass. Don't, don't, play, like Thanks, don't play Christmas nights for the song because there is one no. song, and if you don't like jingle bells, then you have no business yeah, joining the that world. Song. Oh, joy there's to the world. world. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle. No, it's jingle. Oh, there's joy to the world too. Oh, like a little version of it, but then it turns into jingle bells. Yeah. For all of the rest has of dreams, the dreams, dreams, dreams uh, for the closing credits. Hell yeah. 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 Yeah, but Jingle Bells is what stands out and it's awful. I hate it. It's like one stage. <laughs> exactly. That you have to play <laughs> twice. twice. Yeah, once forward and out, once backwards, which we didn't mention. One too many times. Yeah. But <laughs> that's actually the okay. uh, that's like the uh, cool thing about Christmas sites. You get to play a level backwards. Hooray. <laughs> Shane, are we ready to close this one down? You know what? I, I think we are. That does bring our discussion of Nights into Dreams ellipsis uh, to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. So uh, as we are want to do, we will, of course, first thank our our, our gracious host uh, with the most. So, Tiger, thank you once again for jumping in with us today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, that was definitely not creepy. Is there anything, uh, anything that you want to tell the, tell the people out there? Anything you want to kind of plug for yourself? In the night, dream delight. I want to see you standing there. <laughs> okay, great. Um... In the night, dream delight. <laughs> I found someone who really cares. Uh, my Twitter is LP Tiger, T-Y-G-E-R. As we stop talking about nights, uh, I will go to Holiday Matsuri and search for a karaoke version of Dreams Dreams. And if I find one, I, I will dedicate it to this episode. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. Yes. And you guys. <laughs> All right. Great. And you gave you gave out your Twitter. So now the FBI knows where to find you. So fantastic. Yeah. Here I am. Yes. Come get me. <laughs> there he did. Spoiler. Uh, well, as far as we're concerned, uh, if you are listening to this, then you have already found us. So good on you and hello. Welcome. We're, we're glad that you're here. We, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. Uh, and you know what? If you're new, then feel free to go back into the backlog and check out the other hundred some odd. We're, we're actually slowly but surely getting upwards to 200 now, which is crazy. That's nuts. I might like suggest, you know, maybe you don't go back all the way, like start somewhere around 20 ish or so that that's that feels like a good spot. But, you know, if you don't listen to me 
then that's on you. Can't hold him responsible. That's right. Yeah. We're not responsible for things that we definitely said like seven or eight years ago. <laughs> but anyway. No. So uh, please do that. Check out all our stuff. And if you don't know how to get to it, if you just happen to stumble onto this show somehow, then we, we make it very easy for you. All you got to do is go to linktree slash retro hangover to L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash retro hangover. And all the stuff is right there in one convenient spot. Whether that wow. is the show. I know. Thank you. If it's the show or maybe it's the merch store or the Patreon, if you want to check those things out, we would, of course, be grateful to that for you for that as well. Or you can check out the YouTube channel where we post uh, video versions of all of our episodes, as well as the VODs from our Twitch streams, which Chris is going to tell you a little bit more about. So, Chris, what do we do on the Twitch? Go to twitch.tv slash retro hangover and we stream things at Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern time U.S. Who knows what the hell we're playing? We're just going to have great conversations about either ors from members of our community. And I think you should be there too. be part of the community. Tell people whether or not you would eat a whatchamacallit or a fast break. And, you know, riveting conversations like that. That's what we do while we play games. Who knows what we're playing? So I'm not even going to give you that. But a question like that will pop up. I will tell you that one. So it's twitch.tv slash retro hangover. And once again, hope to see you there. I like nutrageous myself. Mm, me too. It's a good choice. It has a lot of balls that you put in ball busting orbs. Y'all remember orbits? Anyway. Oh. So, <laughs> one last thing that we probably should mention by the by is. You lint liquor. What? Orbits cup. <laughs> I wasn't talking about gum. <laughs> I was talking about that weird ass drink with like all the oh. balls suspended <laughs> in the liquid. Anyway, um, I'm old. But the point is. Is uh, we do have a super special thing going on right now, right now on our Patreon, and that is the King of Games 1992 tournament. So uh, you should probably head on over there and become a patron to check it out early for as little as one dollar, one U.S. ducat per month. You can get early access to the to all of the King of Games episodes. As we release them, we're releasing them weekly on Thursdays, and there is a whole ton of content there. We've got like, what, what was it, Chris? Like 10 different podcasts or something we got in there? Yeah, like 10 different podcasts. Yeah, we got a whole bunch of people in there to do this thing, and it was a good time. And uh, we scientifically and objectively picked the best game of 1992, and there's definitely no we way sure that did. anybody will argue with any of the decisions. <laughs> They sure can. Yeah. So uh, feel free to go check that out. Now, that will eventually make it to this main feed that you're listening to right now. But if you want to check out that action before anybody else, Patreon's the way to do it. So there you go. Uh, Chris, there anything else you want to throw in there before we uh, wrap this beast up? No. Great. All right. Well, with all of that being said, until next time. Play with your... Turn into weird clown person joysticks. Good night and dream. Shane here with a quick message. You know, the one rule Chris and I have always gone by regarding advertisements is this. It has to be something we use and can personally vouch for. If you know me, you know I love coffee. And Bones Coffee Company has been my go-to for home brewing for quite some time now. 
Their small batch beans come in an impressive variety of flavors like Mint Invaders from Chocolate Space or Electric Unicorn, which I swear tastes exactly like Fruity Pebbles. And the best part? No added sugar or calories involved, just natural flavors infused right into the beans themselves. Build your own sample pack of five four-ounce bags to find out which flavors speak to you, or jump in headfirst with full 12-ounce bags. They've even got K-Cups. Step up your homebrew game with Bones Coffee by visiting bit.ly slash RHP Bones. That's bit.ly slash R-H-P-B-O-N-E-S.